Welcome to Digital Health Today, the podcast focused on the leaders, innovators and technologies transforming healthcare today and tomorrow. Find us online at digitalhealthtoday.com. Welcome back to Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders making the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall, and this is a Coffee Talk. Coffee Talks are opportunities to hear from the sponsors of our program, the leaders of businesses and organizations who are passionate about sharing the ideas, insights, and innovations that help accelerate change and fuel new ways of working. In fact, if it wasn't for our sponsors, we simply wouldn't be able to share the stories and conversations of other leaders, innovators, and change makers that we feature here on the program. So we're very grateful for their support, and we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to hear directly about the great work that our sponsors are doing to help deliver improvements in healthcare. As always, we make sure we dive into the problems that we're working to address, and most importantly, how they can be solved effectively. Today, we're taking on the issue of cybersecurity. Have you ever wondered how much more secure, or perhaps less secure, your organization is compared to your peers in the industry? This could have a significant impact on your business, not simply because of the operational performance within your organization, but on the commercial opportunities as well. With the risks and threats surrounding healthcare data, the stakes are high to make sure that organizations and all their partners, vendors, and clients are proactive and compliant with the latest requirements. Joining me in our virtual studio is Grant Elliott, President and CEO at Astendio. Astendio is a leading provider of cybersecurity and information management software based in my home state in Virginia, outside of Washington, D.C. Ascendio is leading the way to make security auditing easier for smaller companies and affordable and accessible to organizations of any size. Grant, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me. Grant, you have a background in telecommunications, and I know that you spent time at British Telecom, AT&T, and Voxiva before you started Ascendio. A lot of people leave the corporate world to start companies because they've seen problems firsthand and they want to develop a solution to address those needs. I noticed that you were at Voxiva for eight years before you started Ostendio. Is that what happened to you? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a number of things that kind of come around to it, you know, both in terms of where you are in your career, what you want to do. There's lots of ways to satisfy particular itches without risking everything and setting up your own business. But there's no doubt that I'd seen a particular problem. I think what kind of put me in a kind of somewhat unique position is I was both the chief operations officer and the chief information security officer. And so what that basically meant was, whereas there's normally a kind of natural tension between those two roles, uh, the chief operations officer is obviously trying to make things as efficient, as effective as possible and maintain a smooth operation. And the chief information security officer's job is obviously to try and make sure that, that the organization doesn't have any kind of vulnerabilities or security breaches. And so that can often place speed bumps in the way for the chief operations officer. Because I had those roles combined, I had to really try and come up with a way to try and, you know, implement effective security, but to do it in, you know, the most efficient way possible. And as I was kind of looking at the marketplace for tools and solutions that allowed me to do this, I definitely found things that allowed me to make our operations more efficient. And I certainly found tools that allowed me to implement effective security. What I didn't find is anything that allowed me to do the two of them together. So the idea of my VCM platform was kind of born out of that. And we thought we'd try and see how it could work. I ran the idea across a number of people and they kind of seemed to think it was a good one. And uh, that's why we started it. Well, I definitely want to get into some of the details about my VCM because I think there's a lot of benefits and advantages to using that system for a variety of organizations. And we want to talk about that. But, but first of all, let's talk about cybersecurity broadly as a priority. It's really a priority for every industry, but even more so in healthcare since health records are so valuable to hackers. And 
We've seen a lot of technology come into the healthcare sector over the last decade or two decades. It's coming to hospitals, it's coming to homes, it's being brought in with nurses and doctors and even suppliers that are part of the healthcare system. It seems like we're doing a lot better job in managing security, but there's still a lot of challenges that carry a lot of risk. So what are some of the challenges that organizations face now as they try to safeguard their systems and their data and operate in a secure and compliant way? Well, I think I'd probably push back on the kind of point about that we're handling it better, unfortunately. And I don't think that's necessarily down just to whether organizations are investing time. I think we're starting to see organizations, you know, finally investing a little bit more time, energy and budget towards this. But the problem is that the attack surface is becoming much more complex. You know, if you go back 15, 20 years ago, an organization typically would, you know, if they were managing a vendor, that vendor would be installing something on their site. The vast majority of the organization's data would be on site. And they would use kind of traditional sort of like castle and moat technologies to protect the perimeter and keep the bad guys out. Increasingly today, data is in the cloud, you know, whether it be your hosting provider or some of your suppliers like Salesforce, you know, some of the, the big accounting softwares are online now as well. So it's increasingly hard to know even just where your data is, let alone how do we go about protecting that. So the world has become a much more complex place. Add to that where the attacks come from is more complex. Again, historically, people would target large organizations that had valuable data because, you know, the level of effort involved in uh, penetrating an attack required some sort of guarantee of reward. Today, it's easy to kind of download from the dark web, you know, ransomware attack kits that you can simply just set up on your own. And so organizations are attacked now not because of who they are or what they are. They're attacked now just because they're online, because they're advertising some level of vulnerability, because, you know, someone within the organization clicks on a phishing link. And, and attacks are coming from everywhere now. So I think the challenge is that, you know, for sure, organizations are starting to wake up to the fact that there's more that they have to do. Unfortunately, I think the challenge is that, you know, what they have to do is becoming more and more complex. Thanks for pointing that out, because I guess what I was alluding to is that when I think that we're doing a better job, I mean, at least there's more attention and more conversation and more focus on it from a variety of stakeholders across the value chain. I know from my medical device experience days, you know, we really didn't have conversations around cybersecurity. That was going back some time now, but now that's much more an active part of conversations, whether they equipment resides inside of a hospital or whether it's something that is carried around by a patient. So there's more awareness. But as you say, the attack surface is so much larger and the flow of data is so high that organizations really need to get that balance right between being open and collaborative and getting the benefits of data interaction, but also being cautious and compliant so they stay high trust and HIPAA compliant. So I know it's a big question, but can you give me sort of a 35,000 foot view on what high trust compliance means and how that affects decision making within these organizations? Sure. So High Trust itself is a, an independent organization that was set up, I think, back in 2002 or around about then. They kind of set up as an organization because they felt that obviously the HIPAA regulations themselves weren't as granular, as detailed as they would have liked. Lots of healthcare organizations were kind of struggling to determine whether or not their vendors or their partners were operating in line with HIPAA. So HITRUST kind of set up with their own dedicated framework to try and see if they could provide some transparency and, and greater accountability within that environment. Now, what they've done since then is they kind of mapped to, you know, various different standards and regulations around the world. And they're, they're also breaking out of healthcare as well, but that's still kind of the base that they're actually 
in. I think one of the challenges that organizations have generally with high trust is a big ask. I mean, it, it's kind of come out of the health system and payer side of the business. So for digital health companies or tech companies, sometimes the requests can be quite daunting. It's certainly not a cheap option. Uh, you're not going to get much change out of $100,000 to go through some form of high trust audit. And that's when you add in the internal operational costs of your people, your time, the third party audit costs, preparer costs, etc. And you've probably got to start implementing higher grade technologies as you go through the compliance requirements as well. So I think it's important to bear in mind though that HITRUST is just one framework that's out there. There are obviously other frameworks that you know HITRUST will tell you the map to as well. Things like SOC2, NIST CSF, NIST 800, 171 and 53. The important thing really for any organization more than anything else is to really find the framework that they think is applicable to their industry or to their business and then try and see if they can build a security program against that. And that way that, you know, if subsequently their customer demands that they go through something like HITRUST, then they've got the baseline piece in place. Or if they have to go through something like GDPR or the upcoming uh, CCPA in California, then they will have the foundational elements in place and they can map to those regulations. I mean, you just took the words out of my mouth in terms of the cost for this, because this is a tremendous cost. Just the audit costs alone are tremendous. Sure. So, I mean, I think the first thing that organizations have to bear in mind that, you know, like if you're a finance company, if you're a bank, you understand that security is a key component of what you do and you can factor that into your over business case. And I think healthcare companies specifically are can only laterally come to that context. So historically, as you've mentioned before, it's not necessarily been something that factored into the baseline business case and they're having to do that and it's a big line item within their cost bucket that said a lot of the elements today are cheaper than they've ever been so you know whether it's a bigger percentage today than it historically has been i think is debatable whereas maybe 15 years ago the thought of encrypting everyone's laptop would have been incredibly expensive today you can get encryption practically for nothing within a laptop so a lot of the tools and capabilities that cost a lot of money previously are actually much more affordable today the area that we talked about that becomes more difficult is just the complexity there's just so many more areas. And ironically, the bigger challenges are less with the IT security and more around the procedural and administrative capabilities. So nowadays you have to make sure that you're doing effective background checks for your employees, that you know when you bring people on board, you give them effective job descriptions to make sure that they, they should have access to that data, to make sure that their job requires them to have access to that data. You need to track and manage, as we said earlier on, where is the data within the organization? Because again, you know, today, because of the digital age we're at, we're not talking about single locations of that data. Data is copied in multiple places. So the, the concept of data ownership even changes over the last 20 years. Really, you're really talking about data right of use. And if you start looking at the way that regulations such as GDPR talk about data access, it really is about who has the right to access that information. So in order for you to track all that those components, you have to know specifically, you know, where is my data? What type of data do I have? What physical infrastructure is stored then? Who has access to it? What am I doing to protect that data in terms of backing the data up and encryption on the data? So if you're going through any kind of form of audit, you suddenly find out you might have 300, 500, 1500 specific control sets as an organization you have to track and manage. And that's really difficult to maintain on something like a spreadsheet. So what our platform basically does is it allows you to not only build out all those different control areas against over 100 standards and regulations, but our platform is an operational management tool. 
it allows you to, in a day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month basis, operationalize those controls. You distribute documents through a platform, you conduct training through a platform, uh, you track and manage assets through a platform, you maintain your vendors through a platform. All these different things on a day-to-day basis are tracked and managed so it's easier to become. And then the new assessment module we just launched allows you to then run specific assessments to understand, okay, how well are we complying against specific standards or regulations? That can be HIPAA, it can be high trust, it can be SOC 2. And then how do we allow an auditor to come in and independently verify that we are operating in line with those specific standards? So it really takes a huge amount of complexity that is the biggest challenge of a security audit today and really simplifies it in a tool that allows you to get you know, much greater visibility, much greater control, and the ability then to share uh, that information out to multiple stakeholders. So the product is called MyVCM, correct? That's correct. Yeah, it's actually it's short for My Virtual Compliance Manager. And, and really the idea is that effectively performs a lot of the low-level work that a security or compliance officer would have to do. So can you give me an example of a company in healthcare that's using your system and some of the advantages that they've been able to have by putting this into place? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you take, for example, there's a, a local company we work there um, getting a lot of positive press in the DC area and they're called Baby Scripts. Um, I know Baby Scripts. We actually interviewed them a while back. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So as an organization, as you know, uh, your listeners will hear from listening to the previous uh, recording, uh, they provide a service to health systems that helps overall reduce the cost of managing uh, pregnancy for their patients. And so they provide a mom kit out to the moms and they um, are able to sort of let, you know, almost remote monitor and that significantly reduces the cost for the health system. Obviously, in doing that, they're tracking and managing a lot of sensitive data uh, through their cloud-based platform. And so in order for them to make sure that they're, again, operating in line with you know, various regulatory standards. They use our platform to manage all those different elements. And then that really makes it simpler for them. So when they're going to a hospital or a health system, they then can basically share that information with that hospital health system. So the health system themselves understand or have some level of confidence that as a vendor, they're able to you know, be trusted with their data. And, and that's a big issue today because, you know, going to the point you mentioned earlier on about uh, some of the, the costs and tools being cheaper. So today... If you look at the traditional profile of a company 15, 20 years ago, the cost of setting up a business, you know, building infrastructure, all the different elements of trying to recruit and manage your organization, it was quite expensive, right? Today, you can set up a, a startup and you, know, you can get you know, free credits from AWS, free credits from Microsoft Azure, you can get a lot of your software for free. So the relative cost of setting up a business today as a cloud-based business is not that high and you can then also be storing and managing literally gigabits of data on behalf of your customers so the risk is exponentially greater so an organization like babyscripts really benefits from a platform like ours because we can provide them with a much more cost-effective solution to make sure they're implementing effective security in a way that they can easily demonstrate to their customer and it is really transparent to their customer You know, I didn't actually realize that you were working with them, but I do know that part of the reason that you guys got in touch with us and became a sponsor of the Digital Health Today program is because there are other people that we've interviewed that you guys are already working with. And I won't mention their names because I know people get a little uh, skittish around talking about cybersecurity and what systems they're using, but I know there are other companies, early stage businesses and other size businesses that have been on the program that are using your system. So definitely something that all the innovators and early stage businesses need to check out. But who else is this really for? Because is this also for the large scale providers and payers that are out there? 
Yeah, so we have basically three kind of uh, what we call stakeholder groups that we sell because what we've done is effectively created a kind of hub and spoke model. So you have organizations like Baby Scripts, as we mentioned, and, and obviously they range from maybe the size of Baby Scripts up to much larger enterprise organizations. And they're predominantly using it themselves directly and for their own vendor management. But we also sell a kind of vendor management component to our platform to, as you say, the health systems and the payers, because their challenge for vendor management has become increasingly complex. If you're a, a big health system like a MedStar or an Innova, and you're looking to, again, adopt the services of a very innovative technology company like BabyScripts, and you're doing that 20 times, 50 times over, how do you ensure that those organizations in a scalable way are doing what they need to be doing? You can take the approach that you're not going to work with those organizations being smaller, being a little bit riskier, well, then you miss out on significant innovation opportunities. Or if you are going to work with them, how much resource can you assign to make sure that those organizations are doing what they need to do? So we're working directly with those kind of larger enterprise organizations. And what they do is they basically send invitations out to their vendors who then have a version of our platform and they're able to sort of like complete and, and manage assessment reviews. But we also work with audit companies as well. And so we have a, a program called Auditor Connect because, again, because we're tracking and managing all this data within the platform and because we can create these customer standard-based assessments, we allow our customers to assign that assessment to their auditor of choice and that auditor can come into our platform and actually complete the vast majority of the audit through the assessment capability that's created within the platform. So we're in the process of signing up strategic audit partners who, again, will uh, you actually be able to contract with and uh, get a price directly through our platform for their audit services, go through their custom audit experience, and all of that will be managed through our platform. So Grant, I know another thing that's been in the headlines in addition to cybersecurity broadly is really all the regulations around privacy and GDPR is one thing that's really in the headlines. What about tools that can be used by organizations when they're trying to balance compliance with GDPR and SOC and CCPA and other things that they need to be compliant with? Is there any way that you can make their job easier? Yeah, that's a great question because I think one of the things that I always found frustrating was that companies don't ever just have to be compliant to one single regulation. So maybe they've got credit card information, so they have to do PCI. Maybe they're operating in the healthcare industry, so they've got to be compliant to HIPAA. You know, they're doing some government contracting, so there's kind of, you know, NIST 8171 or, or something similar. So the challenge always is how do you make sure that they understand and they're not having to do this five different ways? Uh, we've actually just recently launched a number of features under the kind of crosswalk umbrella. Last year, we launched the corporate profile, which allows organizations to build their entire corporate profile, everything from, you know, what type of organization industry they're working in, what their hosting infrastructure looks like, what their industry looks like, etc. But more specifically, what specific uh, regulations and, and frameworks do they have to operate and adhere to? We natively within our platform support over 100 standards and regulations. And the reason we call it crosswalk is because when you tag activities with what we call smart tags in the platform, we can actually show you specifically if you've built everything out against one specific framework, we can show you how that crosswalks or maps to any other framework. And then the functionality we just launched earlier this month, the crosswalk assessment function now allows you to create multiple assessments through the platform. You can create an assessment on a single framework or you can create an assessment using multiple frameworks. And it just gives you a really simple way to go through and build out against whatever the specific requirements are. So say, for example, you build out an entire assessment based on SOC 2, you can literally take all the information you've built out there, uh, you can apply. I was doing this earlier today with a, an organization I was talking to who were looking to operate in Germany. So we basically took the Germany C5 
uh, framework and we said okay what gaps exist now that I've built out against Octo what gaps exist to Jeremy C5 and uh, we could see all those gaps we automatically mapped tags in and now we can just go ahead and we already know that we've got 60% of what we need to meet that specific regulation so absolutely the platform is specifically designed to make sure that organizations it assumes organizations have to maintain compliance and multiple regulations and as you said that's really important with GDPR uh, with CCPA when it comes in next year as well as all the existing regulations that exist. Sounds like a great program. I'm just on your website. I know you recently redesigned this. It's ostendio.com, O-S-T-E-N-D-I-O, ostendio.com. On this website, there's a couple of great things that I just wanted to point out to the listeners to go and check out. First of all, you've got this download, Eight Steps to Protect Your Organization from Cybercrime. I am going to download that guide and make sure that I am doing the right things for my organization. But a little bit further down the page, I do see baby scripts listed on there as a quote. I see other great companies that are really well known in the industry that are using your product as well. WellDoc is one, uh, the big digital therapeutics company that's doing some excellent work. Oxitone, Nexus Tech. I also see American College of Cardiology. We have one of our ambassadors is responsible for innovation at the American College of Cardiology. So uh, lots of great companies on here that are using your system already. What's something that I haven't asked you about that you want to make sure the listeners hear? I think the key thing really for us is, look, you know, our mission, we're a mission-based organization in the sense that the reason we set this company up was because we wanted to make security and risk management easier and more affordable for any organization regardless of size so that's kind of really the kind of focus of the organization so you know what we've tried to do is build a platform that's uh, both scalable and detailed enough that you know if you're a 10 person startup then we've got a product for you you can come in and it's very simple it starts at $2,400 a year it's going to get the foundation and the basic elements of your security program so there is no excuse for any organization regardless how small not starting however Again, our platform is predominantly focused for larger mid-market organizations because, again, what we want to do is make sure that we've got a complete solution for your entire security program. So if you're going through SOC 2 or HITRUST or any other framework, we will cover every aspect of that. And that's a kind of really important distinction because if you are a smaller organization, you don't want to start off with one product and then, you know, once you've got to a certain size, have to swap that out and move to another one. We've really tried to sort of focus on really providing the full continuum because at the end of the day just because you're small shouldn't mean that you can't afford to implement effective controls and just because you're large shouldn't mean to say that you have to implement five or ten different tools in order to meet your obligations brilliant well like i said i'm really going to encourage people to go to the website at ostendio.com and download that document i've already just done that in the time that we've been on the phone here eight steps to take to protect your organization is the download also into resources there's just a tremendous amount of information you have there in terms of webinars and, and other documents that people can download so please do go check out their website and find out more about ostendio grant what's a good way to get in touch with you and uh, schedule a demo or any other information that people should know about getting in touch Sure. I mean, people can feel free to reach out to me personally. And uh, my email is gelliot at com. That's G-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at com, Or feel free to uh, tweet at me uh, or tweet at the company uh, at Ascendio. Uh, and again, you know, come to our, our LinkedIn page or our, our Facebook page. Again, just you'll find it all through just looking for Ascendio. We will have all those links on the show notes for this episode, which listeners can find at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash coffee talk, all one word, all lowercase coffee talk. Grant, I really appreciate your support of the program. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the solution that you're building at Ascendio and how that can benefit the innovators that are listening to the show. Wish you a lot of success and please do keep us posted on your progress. Thank you very much, Dan. It's been a pleasure. 